Welcome to the Coast to Coast Combat Hour. I'm your host, Matthew Hawkins, and as always, my co-host, Ed Carbajal. Ed, it's Fedor Fight Week. We've reached the Fedor Championship Week uh, with his fight with Ryan Bader. Uh, but first things first, uh, how was it having the fights in your backyard in Brooklyn uh, over the weekend? I, I couldn't tell you because I was trying to avoid freezing and drowning in the fucking horrible weather we had out here, or still having out here. Um we did, did like a 30 degree drop within like 72 hours. So first we were supposed to have a big ass storm and then it didn't come and then it, just, it was just all rain. And then uh, we got like negative 15 wind chill factor. So, uh, I mean, I, 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 it was, it was good. I mean, nobody attacked a bus or anything. So I guess, <laughs> I guess that's good. Yeah. The fights, the fights went uh, all down as, as, planned um can't say as expected because there was definitely definitely a couple upsets uh, on the card um before we jump into that card do you want to make a comment about the interview you have coming up at the end of the show uh for anybody oh, listening yeah i spoke with over actually that right before the right before the prelims on saturday i spoke with abdallah ibrahim who fights in the co-main event of karate combat this thursday out in your neck of the woods in hollywood um and I literally, we were, just before we started recording, uh, I got word that his opponent, who was supposed to be Jerome Brown from the UK, um, his opponent is out, and they're uh, getting a, a last-minute, <clears throat> excuse me, last-minute replacement in uh, someone named Kevin Walker. I'm supposed to get details on him, so I'll tweet them out uh, once I get them after we're done doing this. But um, yeah, it was literally like just before we went on air and started start recording that. Uh, that co-main event uh, changed. So uh, I doubt they're going to change the poster or anything, but Karate Combat this Thursday, 7 p.m. West Coast time, 10 p.m. East Coast time. Um, that's going to kick off our fight weekend that leads us into uh, the big uh, big fight with Fedor and Ryan Bader. All right. So, yeah, fans, listen. Uh, look forward to listening to that interview uh, at the end of our uh, our show here. Uh, so getting back to the Brooklyn card, uh you know, we talked about it last week, actually, the last mm-hmm. couple of weeks, uh, the order of the fights didn't make a lot of sense. Um, and as it kind of turned out that uh, that kind of ended up, I think, uh, I don't know if it hurt the UFC. They seem to have gotten pretty good viewership, but yeah, it, you know, most of us expected the Donald Cerrone, Alexander Hernandez fight to be uh, what should have been the co-main event. And uh, that one really lived up to it. Uh, yeah. Uh, I know Cerrone was a two to one underdog coming in, but um, as I said during our picks, you can't really pick against that guy no matter no. what the odds. And uh, he put on a hell of a show, uh, withstood a, a early barrage uh, yeah. from Hernandez, uh, where he took some big shots and um, eventually ended up finishing him with a head kick, uh, followed up with some ground and pound. Uh, typical Cerrone performance. I mean, the guy is just absolutely incredible and yeah, uh, it's a jewel to the sport. It's like he made himself uh, relevant all over again. By returning to 155, and then, uh, like you said, that first round, um, I was a little worried in that first round, but it seemed like he, you know, he got his bearings fairly quick and just started countering and, and shut that young man down. I mean, it, it was just something, something. Uh, I mean, something in his eyes at the sta- at the at the stare down at the final press conference. That was what made me not pick against him. I mean, outside of us just saying it's just hard to pick against him, but now now there's talk of him and Connor and and. 
uh, you know, it looks like he's back in the he's back on the scene at, at lightweight. So that that outside of Dennis Bermuda's uh, retiring um, in the prelims that night, I I don't know what and uh, what else happened. I mean, there's a couple other fights to note, but that that was uh, that one fight of the night actually, uh, him and Hernandez. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was it was the fight of the night. Um, yeah, I mean, early on the prelims, Jeff Neal um, uh, took out uh, Bilal Muhammad. Um, in a fight that uh, I thought Muhammad would make it closer, but uh, Neil is uh, the real deal and, um, and, and put on a hell of a show. Uh, uh, Joanne Calderwood uh, out again. I oh, probably yeah. wouldn't have picked her in her fight with uh, Ariane Lipsky uh, or Ariane Lipsky, um, who was coming in as the KSW champion and a real hyped uh, prospect at, at 115 pounds. Mm-hmm. But uh Calderwood uh, seems to be uh, really improving. Uh, her ground game uh, was excellent that night. Yeah. And, uh, she seems to be somebody who uh, we kind of forgot about uh, in the mix of, of actually it's women's flyweight. So it's 125 pound. Maybe that's the difference that's going to, that's well, going to really give her a, a jump in her career. Yeah, no, definitely. And uh, speaking of the flyweights with uh, Paige Van Zandt and Rachel Ostevich, I mean, I actually didn't expect uh, Paige to pull off a submission like that, being she's she's been uh, submitted herself, and I thought Ostevich was the superior grappler, but it goes to show you a uh, switch in camp. You know she's she's training with uh, Fabiano Scherner, that's Chael's grappling coach too. You know uh, she got that uh, she got that armbar, and uh, I was actually surprised. And uh, man, I mean not for nothing, I don't even understand why people dislike Paige uh, for, for whatever reason, but. Uh, you know, she impressed me in her loss to uh, Rose Nam- Namajunas when she fought away uh, a couple of years back. I remember watching that on my laptop on Fight Pass and um, just being impressed with her durability and her toughness. And um, ever since, I've, I, it's, I mean, the fight she lost, I expected her to lose when she lost to Watterson. This was one that was kind of up in the air for me. And uh, it, the way she won was unexpected to me. And, Super surprising. I mean, she's young. We got to remember that she's still young, so she's still evolving. Yeah, I don't get the hate either. I like watching her fight. I think she's. Uh, I think most of her fights are pretty exciting, win or lose. And uh, I, I don't think she's ever going to be a world champion. I mean, I'll, I'll put that out there. I, I think she's always going to have trouble with, with the, the top of the division. But again, we, we have the 125 pound flyweight class, so everything's changing now. Mm-hmm. We have a whole other weight class. Um, less of a weight cut on her. Um, so who knows? Uh, all this is going to, you know, change the way that, you know, we, we see some of these girls that were cutting a lot of weight to get down to 115 pounds, uh, maybe had trouble with speed, uh, with girls like Joanna and, and, uh, and Rose and, and, and so on. So I don't know. Uh, I think she catches a, a bad rap from a lot of people, but I'm a fan of hers. Um, and, uh, I, I thought it was a good performance. Uh, she dealt with a little bit of, uh, you know, Rachel got her, got her down and was on top of her, and she was able to uh, to avoid some of that and really turn the tide. And, and yeah, you know, she she gets back mount. She doesn't she doesn't throw pitter patter. I mean, she's mm-hmm. not a huge girl, but she's out there throwing you know the bombs that she's able to throw. So that's the I kind was, of stuff I, I like I, to see. I was actually surprised that uh, I mean. Obviously, she's been through a lot, so she might not have been there all, all there mentally. But I was actually surprised that Ostevich tried to pull out of that armbar, which made it worse for her. You know, usually when I mean 
when you're when you're an advanced grappler i mean you i mean it, it's easier to say when you're you know we're not in that actual fight you know rolling ain't the same as fighting a lot of people seem to get the two confused i, I actually hate it when they re- refer to grappling matches as fights because you know they're not getting hit and punched and slammed and all that stuff but um you know uh that's a mistake i see a lot in in, in mma when people get triangled and armbar they try to yank out when they should be driving in to relieve that pressure or at least try to survive even if it's locked on and that was locked on pretty tight so i was uh like i said i was super impressed with it and both of them man i mean they both they're uh i'm always impressed like that's why i like watching invicta i feel like the the women definitely put on a better show than men these days so in most cases yeah they can um yeah i think i think rachel thought she was just going to be able to muscle out of it and then uh, when she didn't, uh, Paige went belly down on that arm bar. Yeah. And I think it just popped. Um, I, I mean, I don't think she bro- she didn't break her arm. I think they said she hyperextended it. But yeah. I think it was probably more of just an a instant uh, – because it was a pretty quick tap once Paige oh, yeah. went belly down on it. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm sure it was extremely painful. But, I, I you know, it might have been one of those things where it kind of just popped and, and her initial reaction instantly was to tap as mm-hmm. opposed to try, to try to fight through it if there was not any uh, – any permanent damage per se that that was going to advance uh, with, with trying to fight out of that a little bit. So, yeah, but, uh, you know, Paige, great showing uh, Glover in the opening bout of the main card uh, survived some brutal elbows against Carl Robertson. Um, Robertson, I'm sorry. Um, I thought, I thought he was done. Uh, uh, Could have been stopped. I mean, <laughs> As we're gonna get to, get to uh, a few, in another couple of fights, yeah. uh, you know, uh, apparently getting wobbled occasionally gets gets fights stopped now. So Glover fought through it, uh, avoided the big upset, and um, it depends on the ref. It depends on the ref, and it depends on. I, I don't know. We're going to get to that here in a second. But anyways, a big big win for Glover Teixeira. Uh, a win he needed to have against an opponent that he really, really should beat. So there's that. Uh, Joseph Benavides, uh, Dustin Ortiz, Benavides put on a uh, a clinic, basically won 29-28. Uh, had some back and forth moments, but I really feel like Benavides in the in the two rounds he won uh, really, really separated himself from Ortiz uh, in the fight and really showed the the distance between the two of them uh, skill wise as well. The uh... Yeah, it's talking about Benavides, and obviously we know about about uh, like you said, we're going to get to the main event. But uh, so, do you, I mean, we we're not getting a straight answer out of Dana or any of the brass of the UFC. Do what do you think? Does does the flyweight men's flyweight division stick around or what? I I think a lot of I don't know, I don't know. I don't think we're going to. It get should. It I think it should, man. I mean, these guys are scrappers. Yeah. Are they any different scrappers at 135 pounds? Does I mean, that fight any different if they don't cut 20 pounds of weight? I feel like I feel like I feel like uh, the main event is a good example of the difference 10 pounds makes. Well, okay, so we'll we'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> we got to get there. So, in yeah. uh, the other fights, real quick, Gregor Gillespie dominated Yancey Medeiros. Uh, got a got a uh, finish TKO finish with one second left in the second round. The guy's wrestling is is uh, unstoppable, and then that brought us to the co-main event where there was uh, definitely some controversy uh, with Greg Hardy even having a fight uh, in his bout with Alan Crowder um, after a back and forth first round. Uh, Hardy landed an illegal knee when Crowder uh, was oh, down yeah, on a knee. That. 
um, which <laughs> led to a disqualification. Uh, and uh, what a third the... move! <laughs> it, it it happens. I know it yeah. doesn't happen a lot. It happens. Um, I think. Uh, it, I, it I I, I the blame. Feeling. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That shouldn't be happening in the co-main event of an opening ESPN card. He, uh, truthfully, he shouldn't even be in the UFC. He should be. He should be earning his stripes, fighting in in uh, in LFA or or you know wherever. But at best, if he's in the UFC, he should have been on the prelims. Um, he shouldn't have been able to uh, to show his uh, immaturity as a fighter, uh, yeah. as far as as far as knowledge of the sport per se. And yeah. uh, I, I blame the UFC and ESPN more than I blame Greg Hardy, honestly. Um, that, um, Dana White says he's going to give Hardy another fight. We'll see how that goes. We'll see how the uh, the public reacts to it. Um, so getting to the main event, then we got Henry Cejedo, the 125-pound uh, champion against TJ Dillashaw, the 135-pound Bantamweight champion. Um, I didn't see any way in the world Cejudo would win. And 32 seconds later... Uh, the referee is stopping the fight and giving him the uh, TKO victory after he landed yeah. some big shots. Um, so go ahead. Why don't you give me your take? <laughs> I thought it. I thought it'd be uh, honestly. I thought it'd be a hump fest, like a five round hump fest. And and if Suhudo won, that's how it was gonna, he was going to win, just like takedown and control and and, and you know the, pretty much the way he won against uh, Mighty Mouse, you know. But uh, not not what we got. I mean, and and. My my take is that um, I'm sorry. I mean, I don't care what Dillashaw says. Uh, maybe maybe his mind is wasn't bothered by the weight cut, and uh, you know, uh, his champion mindset, you know, made him feel like he could have kept going. But I mean, there's one point where Cejudo just pushes him down and stays on top of him, and um, it's just like you know, like like I honestly think. I feel like uh, Dillashaw just beat himself physically. He's got the heart of a champion. He's got the mind of a champion. But uh, I know, and I know he wants to do it again. Maybe they should do it again because the stoppage, like like uh, uh, most people seem to be in agreement that the stoppage was early. And and I mean, I honestly think the stoppage was kind of like a lot of those shots were like in in the wind. You know what I mean? Like I feel like Cejudo was was, was throwing like crazy, but it didn't look like uh, they were bothering him. But I guess. Uh, the scrambling around. I mean, uh, to me, Dillashaw didn't look like like the Dillashaw that 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 we've been seeing, you know, at bantamweight. So um, I don't think he should do it. If I don't think he should do one twenty five. I think one thirty five. I mean, you got to remember these guys cut a lot to be dominant where they're dominant, and then to cut more to try to take over. Usually, you know, like Nunez went up, she didn't go down. You know what I mean? Like, like I feel like that's uh, not the move to make. I mean, some people could do it. Obviously, Cerrone. You know, went down is back down at 155 and and reminding us of uh, who he is. <laughs> so, but uh, that that for for Dillashaw, I, I don't think that's the move for him. Well, I have a lot to say on this fight, and I'm gonna <laughs> see what I can get out here. Um, first off, uh, before we even talk about the fight, I think dropping down in weight for a champion mm-hmm. is definitely the wrong move. I don't see any positivity towards it. Yeah. Um, I don't see anything that would be gained or should be gained by beating mm-hmm. a guy smaller than you in a weight class smaller than you. Um, so I think that's just pure stupidity. Um, that's why we don't see it happen. No, uh, the upside's not really there. He's expected to win the fight, and a loss uh, puts us in a situation now uh, where we have a uh, bantamweight champion who 
was KO'd in 30 seconds by the, uh, the division smaller than him. So we kind of have a, uh, I mean, a quote unquote paper champion almost at 135 pounds because, uh, you know, he really, he lost, he lost yeah. the fight. Um, now with that said, I don't think anybody's really focusing on the fact that the shot that put him down initially was clearly in the back of the head, not an illegal shot per se, because Kasehudo wasn't trying to, but we have a shot where I've hit him in the back of the head and it sent TJ Dillashaw wobbly. This kind of makes it, uh, you know, I, I think that's kind of interesting because we also saw this in the Mayweather tension fight where tension got hit in the back of the head and went wobbly and everybody thought it was a fixed fight. So that's what happens when you get hit in the back of the head. It doesn't matter what weight you are. It doesn't matter how big you are. Some dude hits you in the back of the head with a punch with small gloves on. You are, you're going wobbly. With that said, he did take some serious shots uh, it, during the, the initial scramble and got put down again. I can't defend stopping a fight of two champions like that. That's just where I'm at. I don't want to yeah. watch a sport. I don't want to watch a sport where <laughs> if guys fights are stopped, when guys are wobbled, he wasn't laying on his back. He wasn't full mounted. He was, it, it might've ended 10 seconds later. It might not have. Let's not forget that didn't, didn't Garbrandt almost put TJ in the grave the first time they fought. Yeah. He, I mean, he, he planted his ass and, yeah. and I'm with a shot. Plus, no, I see what you mean. We're not dealing with this. isn't This isn't this weekend's Fedor versus Ryan Bader fight. We're not talking about two 235 pound guys throwing bombs. We're talking about 125 pound guys that could probably do rock'em sock'em robots in the middle of the ring, like they do in boxing, and hit each other a thousand times, and not even a guy gets knocked down. Mm. Obviously, they have smaller gloves than boxing. They can hurt each other. We've seen some knockouts from both of these guys. With that, I just don't. I, I just I think I think the and and, and uh, McDonald the referee he was jumping around like he I, I just feel like they get this thought in their head I'm gonna stop the <laughs> fight you know I'm gonna stop the <laughs> fight and I just I just yeah. don't I, I don't I don't like that and I don't yeah. want to I don't I don't think you want to be I don't think we want to see this sport there was a time yeah he did uh, seem to stop it nothing <laughs> you say that you know yeah. he was jumping around and, and it's like he tries to get into position and yeah. you see that occasionally with referees but there was a time not too long ago i mean maybe long ago i feel like i've been watching the sport forever now but 10 years ago or 12 years ago where fights were getting stopped real early um i don't know if it was around the tough time but we had you know we had the tito ortiz uh ken shamrock situation where they actually had a rematch because there was questionable and that was a flash knockout uh, yeah and we there was a there was a time where we went through an era where fights were getting stopped early. Yeah, and yeah. I don't know, I don't know. I hope this doesn't happen with ESPN. I hope we don't start hearing. Well, you're never going to hear it, but I hope there's no back backdoor chatter from ESPN going, "Hey, we don't want to see guys getting seizured on in the mat, getting KO'd with a later shot." You know, stop the fight a punch early rather than you know a punch late. And obviously, I don't want to see anybody get seriously injured. But this is two champions fighting. Um, you know, I've heard I've heard people try to defend the stoppage, and I ask them simply, can you name a worse stoppage in a title fight in your memory? I've had two people say, uh, I, I had the, the one person who was a good friend of mine said uh, Sarah and uh, GSP won. Insane, insane. Sarah had a mounted plus GSP tapped, so that's irrelevant. Uh, the other one was Burrell versus Faber uh, one when they fought where a fight was stopped, basically uh, similar. I believe it was hammer fist coming down from Burrell as Faber was shooting uh, uh, for a single leg after taking some, some punches. 
but you just don't see it in a title fight. I try to think, you know, you think about these champion versus champion fights. We had, uh, we had Connor just abuse Eddie Alvarez. Nobody really argued with that stoppage. He, I mean, that was a round and a half of just pure beatdown. Yeah. Cy- Cyborg, we weren't arguing with that one. That was pure beatdown. Yeah. We had BJ Penn throwing the towel after round four after just getting abused by George St. Pierre years ago. Um, and, and then, and then obviously we didn't we didn't have it. Uh, Cormier put Miosic out cold. Um, I just. I feel like it's just a missed opportunity for a chance of, I mean, we saw it earlier in the fight, as we were talking about with the Glover tech sheriff fight, that fight could have easily have just been stopped. Um, if McDonald was refing that fight, uh, Glover doesn't get the win. If McDonald's refereeing check Congo and Pat Barry, there it is. That, that fight stops early and, and, uh, and, and check Congo doesn't have the win that yeah. great comeback win. So I, I don't know. It's a, it's a tough line to, to, to walk, but I just don't like to see it. And um, I think that because of who was fighting in this fight, it probably didn't pick up the steam that it could have. Uh, most polls I've seen actually have people agreeing with the stoppage straight up. If that's Conor McGregor getting stopped like that. Oh, forget it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So you, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you get where I'm going. Everybody's, yeah, yeah. you know, a lot of people don't like TJ. I'm a fan of his, so I can claim, okay, I'm a little biased towards it. A lot of people don't like him. If your boy gets put out like that, you're ready to burn down the arena. You know, yeah. I, I wouldn't even want to be in an arena with the Irish fans. If Connor got stopped in a fight like that, it, it, you know, so just look at it that way. I don't, I, I, uh, as far as a rematch goes, um, I don't really want to see it at 125 pounds. And I don't I, want it on ESPN plus either. Put it on regular ESPN. Yeah. I mean, that, that fight could be a co-main <laughs> event now for a pay-per-view. Uh, I just don't want to, yeah. I, I think that too, you know, I, I mean, they talk about say, say who saving the possibly saving the flyweight class. I don't know. He just beat the 135 pound champion. Did he save the flyweight class or did he just give Dana White a reason to believe that there's no reason to have a 125 pound class if they can beat the 135 pounder? Yeah. So I don't know uh, if there is a rematch. I think it should be at 135 pounds. I think it should be for TJ's belt. Why should TJ have a chance to go lose two fights in a row and keep his? Yeah. His belt? Uh, take, take a page out of Bellator's uh, book with rising and, and, and uh, with the rising bantamweight belt, you know, you know? like, yeah. So yeah. Well, I mean, that's a good segue into to look at the uh, Bellator 214 card coming up this weekend. But one one quick note about uh, so I keep I mentioned the ESPN before we leave Brooklyn. Um, so 1.4 million people viewed the uh, ESPN read the broadcast card, and and uh, between Friday and Saturday, ESPN Plus picked up 568,000 new subscribers for ESPN Plus. So obviously, I mean, to me, what that says to me is more people watched the broadcast than cared about signing up for ESPN Plus because uh, we got to see how many how many of those five hundred sixty eight thousand stick around after the seven day free trial. So that that's just my little quip about uh, you know the whole because I've been on the I've been on the subscribership uh, a la carte ESPN Plus thing for like the last three episodes. So I'll leave it there before we go on to two fourteen. Yeah, real real quick. I mean, I don't mean to interrupt you, but real quick on that. Um, obviously, good numbers. You said 1.4 million for regular ESPN for the prelims. That's great numbers for prelims. Uh, some of their biggest numbers in about the last six or seven years. Um, as far as the subscription numbers go, I take it with a grain of salt. I don't know if the numbers are real. They're not going to tell. They wouldn't tell us if 45 people subscribed. So, you know, I, I mean, you know, so um, I, I hope for the sports sake that a lot of people subscribe. 
if people can afford it and want to pay the money, great. Um, I know we talk, it's never going to go away as much yeah. as we want it to go away. Yeah. It's not going to. So if the numbers are real, great. But again, I mean, if, if, if me, if I'm running things, those numbers tell me we should put more events on ESPN red versus ESPN plus, you know what I mean? 1.4 million versus 568,000. Give me more fights on, on ESPN, uh, regular ESPN. Yeah, except one pays you $5 and the other one doesn't yeah. pay anything. So, although the, the the commercials and everything for the ESPN. Yeah. So maybe it will. Maybe it will. Uh, I, I would think that uh, it, it could change stuff. Uh, I, we'll see how it does with the bout orders and everything. But anyways, to the uh, to the absolute glorious weekend coming up, uh, I got my sweater on. I just on. noticed you're wearing a sweater. <laughs> oh, I got the sweater on. It's, uh, it's one of those weeks where we have a chance to uh, – Witness greatness uh, once again. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I it would be in Ryan Bader. No, <laughs> if Bader gets the win, then then um then all all respect to Ryan Bader. I don't have any problem with Ryan Bader. No, seriously, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna now, tell you now, this right now. now. <laughs> if, if the fight stopped in 32 seconds with somebody wobbly, I'm gonna yeah. go break some some no. some car windows. But you know, it notes I ha- I have my pick Bader by decision plus to annoy Matt. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I have in my notes just for when we do our, our predictions. I mean, if, if, I, if I got Bader, money on Fader. So. <laughs> if Bader wins by decision, then half the arena will be walking out because it's going to be a boring as hell fight. Um, that's in my notes too. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm, I all day, all night, I'm picking Fader to win. I think Bader is a terrible matchup for him, but uh, I don't think Bader's ever been hit by anybody as strong as Fedor. Uh I feel like Fedor um, has been kind of rejuvenated by this tournament a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I feel like it's given him a purpose to fight. Um, I know he had some some down bouts, even though he didn't necessarily lose them uh, prior to Bellator. And I think I, the more and more I see this and the more I've seen the tournament unfold, I think the Mitrione fight was a little bit of a fluke. Um, I know, Not to take anything away from Mitrione, um, he won the fight fair and square, and, and he landed the punch harder than Fedor. But uh, I'm not so sure in a rematch right now that I, I wouldn't take Fedor to uh, – to, to pretty much clean Mitrion's clock, um, if not wrestle him down. And well, and he only needs one, one or two punches. I mean, you look at the fight against Chael. You look at you look at the fight against uh, Frank Mir. You know, he just needs he needs one or two punches to put you in that. Uh, you know, take the feet out from underneath anybody he faces. You know, regardless of how his age or what you want to say about him. Yeah, I mean, his punching power and his speed is is still there. Uh, it's his chin. Um, and mm-hmm. he wings punches. We know how Fedor throws his punches. So um, that would be one of my fears is that he could walk into a bigger punch from Bader and his chin could could let him down. And, and it's yeah. possible. I mean, we're talking about a 41-year-old fighter, I believe now. Um, and Bader's more in his prime and has been on a hell of a roll um, over the last, you know, really over about the last five years. Yeah. Um, so um, I don't know. I, I just, uh, you know, I think about it and, and – Honestly, if Fedor wins this, it'll go down as one of the greatest moments of my fan life, I guess I would say. <laughs> going to events, I mean, I can't really think of anything that would compare with it. I mean, obviously seeing some of the big UFC fights and stuff, but um, yeah, I mean, yeah. for me, I, I obviously I have a, a connection being a fan of Fedor and um, having been to so many of his fights. And um, like I've, I've explained over and over again, the history of just the entertainment that he's given me and friends watching him fight and yeah. uh, the mystique while he was undefeated. And 
um, seeing the, the it go down, uh, uh, the downfall def- he had, and, and there's now- definitely a uh, mystique about the guy just in general. I mean, uh, like I think I mentioned it before after after he fought out here last fall. You know, I, I was just like it didn't hit me until af- after I spoke to him, all the interviews and stuff that are up on the YouTube channel. But I was just like, Jesus, this is like the greatest heavyweight in mixed martial arts of, of my time, like. And, and I'm talking to him like, you know, like like I'm ordering fucking pizza. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, there is that. You know, like I said, I've met him, uh, you know, four or five times, I guess now. it's, it's it still blows my mind when I get a chance to shake his hand. Um, but uh, I just, I mean, I, I think of the potential. I mean, if he wins this fight dominant, let's say he knocks out Ryan Bader. How much fun is it going to be again? It's going to be like the Pride Days. We're going to have we're going to have talk again of Fedor versus Cormier. I mean, well, and, and and obviously Fedor's older and, and he's not winning a tournament with the top five, top, you know, seven other heavyweights in the world, but he's fighting the best there is where he's at, you know, he's fighting what's in front of him and he's winning fights that he has to win. And Ryan Bader, a victory over Ryan Bader at any weight class is a good victory uh, for anybody that's ever fought Ryan Bader. Um, so I just think that it could be so much fun. Plus, it'd be huge for Bellator. I mean, I'm having Fedor Banner hanging in that arena and being able to parade him around as your heavyweight champion um, for as long or as short as he's able yeah. to reign. Or, you know, I mean, in a perfect scenario in my world, he wins the fight by knockout and he retires the Bellator champion. I can't really think of a better ending to his career. That, that would be a proper exit if he were to exit, you know? You know, and maybe he comes back uh, down the line at the end of the year here and fights in Ryzen or something just to give the a farewell to the Japanese fan. I mean, you got guys like Crow Cop, you got guys like Mark Hunt, you got other guys kind of from his era um, that uh, that could set up a, a a huge fight to to end the year in Japan as a as a true retirement fight. But um, but in a perfect world, honestly, he wins. Uh, he 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 takes the belt home. He leaves his gloves in the ring. He passes his uh, torch on to Minka, Minkinoff, yeah. uh, and, and, um, or, or Karatanov or whoever's able to, uh, to, to, to follow him as the champ. Um, I just, I don't know, man. I just, the guy is such a, uh, uh I don't want to say inspiration or a hero because that's not the way I look at it, but just, uh, uh from an entertainment standpoint for, for 20 years of entertainment, yeah. I, I would just love to see him, him get well, away. Odds, odds. Uh, I mean, obviously he's the underdog, in, uh, according to the odds makers, anyway. But I feel like that's a, a, a that's a, not as risky a bet to make as you know. Obviously, you want to bet the underdog to win um, because it pays more, and that's one of those ones where it's like you you, you could be confident betting on that underdog just because uh, you know he just like I said he just needs a, a couple of punches um, landed the right way, and especially in the early rounds. mission game that that mitrion didn't have um for ryan bader i think to win unless he lands something in a big exchange um but uh, it, let's say bader goes with the same game plan he used against mitrion he's not gonna throw any punches on the feet he's basically gonna go for the takedowns i uh i just don't i don't think it's as easy for him this time i don't think he's no, just, you plus, know plus hanging out on top of him if he takes him down hanging out on top of him is probably not a good idea although um i mean i was watching i was re-watching uh Fedor and Chael's fight, where Chael just kind of—I mean, he had there was a point where he he had him, and then he did that. He went for that—I don't know if he was trying to show off with that back take or what. I mean, they're obviously too sweaty that he slipped or let go, and and Fedor capitalized on it. But 
I don't know. I, I it, it don't look like Fedor wanted to engage him on the ground, so I don't know if his ground game is. I mean, maybe he's movement. He'd rather just lay people out if he can. You know what I mean? Well, he was he was if I remember right, he was side mounted. Um, so there's not a lot he's going to be able to do there as far as submission wise. Um, and correct me if you've got some other ideas, but as far if if Chael Sonnen's got me side mounted, it, I mean to me it looked like he was waiting and baiting him in to go into the mount where he knew he'd be able to buck and reverse. But, there, it. but there's a point where it's where 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 uh b- before the finish came when you you know back do you remember the back take I'm talking mm-hmm, about where mm-hmm. Chael tried to roll him, uh-huh. so he had he had Fedor's back, and I and, and to me I don't know if it's Fedor's just had such solid hips that he couldn't roll him or what. But that that didn't seem like an escape. That just seemed like luck to me. Well, I you know I, I also think that Fedor probably doesn't have the greatest gas tank uh, in, in the world at this point. So I think he was probably kind of catching. I mean, he comes out like a house on fire. So he, he's throwing blows. He's going for the kill from the second the fight starts, um, and, and especially how that fight started, where he dropped Chael seconds yeah. into the fight, threw a lot of punches trying to finish him. Uh, might did, have burnt I, himself it, out a little yeah. bit in that fight. So I, I think that had a lot, lot to do with why that back take failed too. I don't, I don't think Chael was all there. Oh no, no, and I don't think, I don't think even if he was all there, I don't think that move was going to work on Fedor. I think, like you said, he just got his black belt now. Prior to that, he he was his brown belt, but he was obviously uh, becoming a higher ranking uh, jujitsu player. And I think he thought in his mind that this works in the practice, and if it works right now, then I've I I'm you know it puts me in the in a great position. Yeah. I think he got ahead of himself. <laughs> I think he yeah. probably wasn't all there and forgot that he was fighting um, one of the greatest fighters of all time in, in the heat of the moment, yeah. um, as opposed to just an opponent who he had his back and was going to try to make that happen. I don't know. We don't know Chael's thought process. I don't even think he could probably give you a complete, clear thought process on it. Um, that's actually true to the second of, of as it was happening, considering the shots he had taken in the fight. Yeah. Um, but with that said, uh, the co-main event that night is one of the up-and-coming guys. Um you know, uh, he's only four and one fighting a, a 16 and three opponent, Henry Corrales, but Aaron Pico um, is quickly establishing himself as one of the future stars of the sport. And um, a win here probably puts him, uh, if not in a title shot and definitely a number one contender bout um, at 145 pounds. Yeah. I mean, um, I, 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 I mean, I'm so impressed with Aaron Pico. I, uh, I don't want to. I mean, because I know, like in the in the in the culture, the uh, you know the tribe culture of, of combat sports. You know, the guys. You, everybody wants somebody to earn their stripes, like you said with uh, um, Hardy. But but I mean, Pico's done that in boxing and wrestling. I mean, um, I, I I don't see him losing. I see him doing another one of his amazing body shots where he knocks the dude's uh, liver into his spine. Yeah, I mean, I think he wins this fight. Yeah. Um, but what we need to also realize is that he had his first fight where he uh, where he suffered a loss. He got hit and then uh, choked uh, seconds into the fight. Um, and that was his debut in front of Madison Square Garden crowd. Maybe a little bit too big of a of a, um, a debut. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. He probably won't admit that, but perhaps, perhaps a little bit too much too early. His last four fights, he's pretty much... Uh, uh, boat raced everybody. I mean, he's just folded fools um, quickly. Um, mm. We know this sport can be quickly humbling. I have, I just, we're going to have to see how he does in a firefight with somebody who's bringing it and not 
folding to his initial punches. Yeah. Um, I don't know if Corrales is that guy or not. Could be. Um, we could be in for a hell of a fight if that's the case. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's going to happen eventually. He's not going to fight. Uh, he's not. I'm going to say this and it's going to happen. But I don't think he fights guys like Pitbull Brothers. I don't think he fights uh, McKee and just walks in there and hits him with a body shot. And we see these guys fold 36 seconds into a fight. Um, mm. Again, might happen. But I would say if they fought 10 times, uh, he's going to be in some damn wars with, with guys like Pitbull and yeah. McKee and probably even Corrales. Uh, so I hope it's a good fight. Um, I would like to see a back and forth war. I'd like to see Pico taste his own blood a little bit and see how he comes out of it because that's what he's going to need um, when he gets into the, into the championship uh, caliber fights. Um, you know, I don't know if this is officially, I don't, it's not officially a number one contender fight, but uh, another devastating Pico knockout. I don't think they have any way of, uh, of avoiding him getting the title fight, especially being the co-main event now to, uh, on a fade or fight card where um, likely it'll be one of the bigger crowds uh, watching the Bellator event. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, uh, there's uh, just uh, one of the fights that I, that I, I'm actually looking forward to is on the prelims because of AJ. I, I, I don't mean to skip around, but AJ, I, I never pronounced his last name, right? I guess that I guess Aram, I guess arm, you know who I'm talking about. Uh, yeah. I think it's Agaz arm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kind of a, uh, kind of a punk ass. <laughs> but the, I mean, him, him and Jesse Robbins are both making their pro debut on that event, and I know that that's that's his uh, like that's his first Bellator fight. Smarter than to put him on the prelims, and then but um, I, I, he's probably gonna sub. I would imagine he's gonna submit this Jesse Roberts guy. Uh, just just because uh, they're both they're they're both green in MMA. Yeah. No. I mean, I think uh, I, I think that that's highly likely. I um. I can't sit here and act like I'm totally educated on AJ, but isn't he a um, also a Division One wrestler? I think he comes from a pretty big uh, yeah college, so I should know more about him. Um, but I and I, and I know I read it. I, I want to say like Ohio State or something, but that could be totally wrong. But so I believe he comes from a a, a Division One wrestling background, which for a jiu-jitsu guy is quite the combination, really. Um, we'll see what happens. Uh, it's MMA. I'll see how used he is to getting you know getting punched in the face. We know Dylan Danis got a successful debut when he made the crossover. Um, I think he was fighting an opponent kind of tailor made for him. Don't know much about Jesse Roberts making his, his pro debut. So I don't know uh, if that's the same situation here, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's a name on the prelims. Um, Overall, the card's not exactly loaded. I would say Um, it's top heavy with the Pico fight and the Fedor fight. Um, uh, There is also a huge fight. Uh, Ricky Bendejas, uh, coming off of the uh, KO of uh, James Gallagher, uh, and he fights Juan Archuleta in in base. Shot at uh, Darren Caldwell's uh, belt. Um, at least it was uh, with the lost Horiguchi and Ryzen. Um, if Horiguchi comes over to Bellator, um, he will get the uh, the first shot at the belt. So yeah. that could change how that goes, but. Um, we were talking Ben Dejas is 11 and one Archuleta's 21 and one, a former yeah. uh, three, maybe four. I think he was at least three weight classes. He might've been four weight class champion for uh, King of the cage. Um, quite a fight. Um, yeah. And I actually have a question mark next to both their names. Cause I can't really pick uh, I can't really see how that goes just because I, I, I think they're both, I feel like this is probably the best, best matched fight on the whole card. Yeah, um, 
I would say Archuleta. If I had to pick somebody, I'd say Archuleta because I know of his. Uh, he has a solid wrestling game, and yeah, and and the camp he comes out of with uh, with Dillashaw and and uh, and uh, uh, Syed Awad and and uh, and and Ludwig and and those guys. Um, I see Bandeos looks like he's from New Jersey. I don't know if you know anything else about him, but um, but no, yeah, I, I mean, I, I mean, they're both they're both scrappers. That's why. I, I put a question mark next to both their names because uh, that, that's just one I want to see. I'm not going to try to make a call on it. I just want to see how it goes. Yeah. No, I think it'll be a great fight. And then we got the Jack Swagger, uh, WWE oh, yeah. <laughs> Jack Swagger. Jack Hager is his real name, making his pro debut or MMA debut altogether. Is it Hager or Hager? I believe it's Hager. I don't think it's Hagar. I think it's Hag- like so. Uh, uh, not, not, not like the pants and Sears, not the Hagar pants. <laughs> No, not like the horrible, the old uh, comic book strip. But um, yeah, so I, I uh, he fights one and one J W Kaiser. Uh, I mean, I imagine uh, Swagger Hager gets the win here. Um, but again, as we saw with uh, Hardy at the UFC event, when somebody stands in front of you and uh, you're not able to put him down quick, uh, see how how everybody's gas tank. Yeah, up, uh, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like it might be different for 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 uh, um, him only because he's coming from pro wrestling, so he's not going to have the pressure of the lights and all. You know, you know, he's been in an arena before in a combat situation. You know what I mean? Like, like he probably he'll probably be better focused and not make make any errors like Hardy did. I actually, I mean, yeah, we got to remember that this isn't the first pro wrestler to cross over into combat sports has been happening as for as long as the sport's been around. So uh, no, in, in the United yeah. States, most of them have been successful. I mean, I shouldn't say most of them. There's only been a, well, if you go back to guys like Dan Severn and Ken Shamrock, obviously yeah. they were successful. Uh, Brock Lesnar was successful. Um, Bobby Lashley was successful on a, uh, yeah. a smaller level. <laughs> Bobby Lashley never really fought any, any top, uh, top competition per se. And uh, Chad Griggs, probably the best guy he ever fought, beat him. But, um, you know, I don't know. It's one of those things I, I, I think the key for Swagger is going to be figuring out how his ground and pound is. Because you've got to imagine with his wrestling pedigree, he's going to get the takedowns. But is it going to be one of these guys who just gets takedowns and holds position and tries to grind out three rounds? Or does he got some heavy uh, hammers that he's throwing down and uh, and, and, and puts Kaiser out? Um, and for as far as Kaiser goes, I guess his best hope is that he's got some good stand up yeah. um, and that he's able to do some swinging early and, and not be afraid so much of the takedown, but try to land something on on Swagger's chin. Uh, so that's kind of getting close to wrapping this up. We got your interview coming up. Uh, the Karate Combat. Abdallah Ibrahim. Yes. Uh, co-main event uh, on Thursday night on Fight Pass. Um, so I look forward to checking that event out. Um Look forward to getting out to the Bellator event this weekend and and uh, crossing my fingers for the Fedor win. And um... oh, just w- one thing about the Karate Combat. I mean, you don't have to be a Fight Pass subscriber to watch it. It's it's on Fight TV. It's on Karate dot com. It's actually best watched on Karate dot com because that's where you get to see all their their like biometric data live during the fights and stuff. So if you feel like uh, sitting in front of a laptop, if you have a way to cast it to your TV screen. That's that's the coolest way to watch. I actually rewatched the fights for my interviews through there, and, and uh, you can see like their their heart rate and stuff like that. So it's like a video game that you're watching a real fight for. What was the name of the gentleman that you interviewed who did that work for them on one of our other shows? 
that was uh, he's only doing the concussions, uh, the CTE scan. That's um, uh, Chris Chris Anthony of uh, Quantum Biosciences. So anybody interested in that can check out that that episode as well. So um, as usual, thanks for listening. Uh, fans can follow us at Combat Hour on uh, Twitter. Can follow myself at MMA Hawk uh, twenty one on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow Ed at Carbizal on Twitter and at Carbizal on Instagram. Stay tuned for Ed's interview, and uh, we look forward to our show next week. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I've covered Karate Combat exclusive since it started, so I've actually seen all your fights there. So, yeah, that's cool. uh, uh, Abdullah Ibrahim, you're fighting on January 24th. Um, Karate Combat Hot. Um, I know you're one and one, so so. Uh, what do you know about your opponent uh, coming into coming into the year? Uh, Jerome is uh, he, he fought twice in karate combat. As you know, he fought uh, one of the best karate fighters in the world, which is uh, Rafael Agave. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, 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 no, no, he fought no, he fought uh, da- uh, David Oh, yeah. sorry. I got confused. That that was Denisio. <laughs> that was yeah. the last fight. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, I'm gonna ask fought, you about that too, but. Yeah, he fought Danny Donner, and uh, yeah, he got his, uh, you know, his, his leg broke in that fight. It, it was like, you know, it went it went very fast. That fight was very fast. Like, there's no, not not a lot of action happening in this fight. But, you know, he kicked in uh, his chin. Yeah. And yeah, and the fight before he fought the the French guy. If, no, the Spanish, the guy from Spain, I don't know his name. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not good with names, like, memorize the name. Yeah. Yeah, but it was a good fight, it was a strong fight. Uh, but the guy, like, didn't have that much experience, so I, I guess it was a piece of cake for him. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you've proven not to be a piece of cake for anybody. I mean, uh, your your debut fight in Karate Combat, you, you won in the first round, you had that knockout that was all over the internet the next day. And then yeah. um, I know you fought New York too. I was at I was actually at that event for Sure Dog in New York. Uh, oh really? Yeah, that was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it was a great night, and uh, that your fight was one of the harder ones to call. He went to a decision. So yeah. is, is that a fight you'd like to get back in the future against Dionosio? Oh, absolutely. I'm just you know I'm gonna dig hard and hard and hard, fighting everyone, you know, till I till I get this guy again. You know, so, and I heard there's uh, like a championship this year. Uh huh. So I'm gonna fight him anyway, like whatever he wants or not. But I'm gonna fight him anyway. And he, yeah. Yeah. This is the most fight that I'm waiting for. You know, the most fight that I was waiting for was Rafael I gave, as he's one of the best fighters, karate fighters in the world. So if I beat Rafael, I'm gonna be number one. But right now, it's it's, it's like about revenge for me. Yeah. You know? And I know we're and, talking. I know we're talking like uh. Uh, Saturday night before you head out to California and you're training right now but um, uh, uh, what I was going to ask you was like when you uh, Karate Combat seems to have a lot of Shotokan fighters on the roster Uh, I've asked all the other fighters this question so I'm asking you um, has it proven more difficult for you or is it easier to transition to Karate Combat rules fighting for me, for me, like as Abdullah, it's it's uh, it's easier for transmission because I tried uh, more than a martial arts before. 
Like I tried, I, I practiced boxing before, I practiced Thai boxing before. But it's it's different than it's different like it's different than karate. But you know, each martial art has its style. Yeah. And it's totally different in the footwork, in the you know, in the positions, in the punches, like the way you punch, the way you move, uh, the way the way you you escape, you do your defense. So it's better to have like uh, many martial arts background, but it's very important to control and to know what to do. In, in your fight, because you know, in karate, if if I if I fight as like a, a Thai like Thai boxing style, it's not gonna work because as a yeah. karate fighter, they moving fast, they attack fast, they they move back and forward fast, and for the Thai boxing, they just uh, you know they they depend on the strength and they don't do too much moving, skating. They just want to take the punch, and you know they. It depends on the strength the most, not not the escaping and uh, the skills, you know. Yeah. Uh, so it's good to get like some of each martial arts, but the best background I've ever seen in my life is karate background. It's one of the best for the speed, the skills, yeah, like the mindset, you know, the spirit, uh, its moves, the kicks. It has a lot, a lot of features. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I like I, I trained Ishin Ru Karate for eleven years myself, so I understand that's why I appreciate uh, the promotion of Karate Combat. But uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you that, that on your bio on the website, you kind of hint, alluded to it just now about uh, sometimes you have to uh, fight yourself first. Um, is that what you're doing right now, training like right? Yeah, now? yeah. That's why I, li I like running. You know. Uh huh. Because you know when you when you run when you run for a long like uh, a long distance or a long time like you know you're getting tired you you so in that like in that time I start talking to myself like you know I I, I, I just imagine if that happened in the fight if I got tired I, you know I'm gonna give up or I'm gonna keep going you know that's how like you know I fight myself I keep talking to myself especially when I'm tired. See like how I'm, how I'm gonna act like you know I'm gonna give up or I'm gonna keep going, you know and uh yeah you know like if you if you're ready like from inside deep inside if you're ready for the fight mm -hmm. you're absolutely gonna win yes yeah. from inside but if you're practicing day and night and you feel from inside that you're not ready for the fight you're not gonna take the fight so if, even if you are practicing 24 hours you're not gonna take it because deep inside you don't believe in that you're gonna win. So I gotta like every fight. I gotta like talk to myself first. I gotta believe that I'm gonna win the fight. And when that happens, that you know I I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna win. You, yeah, your uh, your uh, your first two fights with the promotion where you did Miami, then you did New York. Now you're going yeah. out to the West Coast. Is, is that why you're training at night right now? Uh, to prepare your 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 inner clock for California. No, no actually, you no. Know, I just finished work and I came through ahead, like straight ahead to the gym. Oh, okay. So just, yeah, I finished work at five, and then yeah, you know, I I try to to practice like one time or two times after work, if mm. it's possible. You know, I'm going down, like I'm doing I'm going down, but I'm not feeling much these these days because you know it's a week before the fight. Yeah. So, but I'm just trying to like keep my body moving, keep like concentrating in the fight, like you know, spinning a little bit, cutting weight. Yeah, that's. Uh, are you um, 
the the rule set for karate combat i know it's not it's not like uh i had i spoke with uh nador and uh korea who's also on the same card with you about preparing for the rule set because I, I, you, you know you can do throws and takedowns um yeah. have you had to train to defend those more are you training doing those more in preparation for for the karate combat's method of competition yeah, you know, as, as a karate, like, as a karate, uh, arts, we have, like, the, the most effective takedowns, as, like, we don't have to go, you know, there's this, like, single leg takedown, double leg takedown, but this is, like, uh, we do too much to get this takedowns, but yeah. as a karate, we do, we use the squips more than more than like the wrestling takedown we mm -hmm. use the split like we, we, we use like the body and the head and the leg split uh yeah and i i i i do like i know a lot about wrestling you know about uh, takedowns and defenses uh yeah i'm gonna like i'm gonna see what i can do in the fight if i have yeah to, if i have to take the get down but if, you, if i see i can't take it down take him down i take him down you know yeah if I see in the fight i'm gonna use it how do you talking about using using what you're given in the fight? You know, the one of the unique things about karate combat is that angle, the pit that you fight in. Has yeah. uh, has that been a hard adjustment for you to make to fight in a platform that's sunken like that? No, it was it was something like you know, you know I never uh, no one never fought in the pit, not just me. Yeah. yeah. You know, but uh, like I just I I felt myself like go going it like going with it. Just, uh, I felt, I felt I'm, I'm bored, you know. I, yeah. feel, I just felt weird in the first time that I saw it, but when I fought, mm -hmm. it wasn't, it wasn't that weird. It was just, it was just normal. I was just fighting, like you know, like sparring, like practicing, like fighting. It was just normal. And yeah, it, it's, and it's it, really good. Like it feels good. The it weird does. Thing, the weirdest thing that I feel that everyone, everyone watching outside, uh -huh. I. I feel them inside the pit, not outside. <laughs> yeah, it's very close, but yeah, that's, that's not, not something bothering me. You know? Okay, no, you know why? Because uh, I always think like when, especially in New York, when I was watching you you guys fight, when you when you have to back up and you hit that the angled wall, like so, yeah. some guys tried to use it to do like the Superman punch or something yeah, like that. Yeah, someone used it for kicks. Yeah, the last yeah. the last time in New York, someone used it for for he kicked uh, with the wall. He said, he said with the wolf for a kick. It was the first fight, first fight in the New York Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. I mean, you know, you mentioned the obviously this year there's a title on the line, and you're in the co-main event for 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 Hollywood. So yeah. if if you advantage your fight, you get to get to a title fight. I saw it again. I I couldn't hear. Would you if if you if you win your fight, because uh, you're the co-main event. So if you win that fight, do you get a challenge match to, challenge. to get a shot at a fight? A challenger match. That's what they're calling the, the, the fights, the arrangements for the belt. They call them challenger matches. So I'm wondering if you win on if you win on first, do you get your next fight? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm just I'm gonna I wanna I wanna get to the top. That's that's what I wanna get. I wanna get to the top because I believe I'm in one of the best karate fighters in the world. And I didn't get that chance recently, like like you know five ten years yeah. ago. Uh -huh. Like I did, I did a lot, like a couple world championships, and I got first medal in like three three times. 
But for a show like professional league, I didn't get the chance. So I don't wanna, I don't wanna miss this chance. It's like one of the best chances in my sport career. Yeah. And like you know, I've been doing karate since I was five years old. Yeah. And I'm strong and fast. I'm smart. So what like when I when I when I talk to myself like why not? Why why you don't be like the top of this league? You know that's why yeah. when I go when I go like I wanna I wanna be the best in the field. Like I wanna I wanna throw the best punches. I wanna I wanna make like the best moves. Uh, I wanna get like the best fights. You know of the events. You know? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's how I'm gonna reach the top. I, absolutely. I mean, uh, if if anything, it's the first karate combat of the year. So if it's anything like your first fight and when you did the uh, Miami, I mean. Yeah. Maybe that'll happen for you again. Yeah, hopefully they have it. <laughs> hopefully they have it next fight, you know. Hopefully so, they have it like each every fight. If they have an even fight during 2019 to the yeah. end of the, the year, that that would be the like the best year in my life. Yeah, uh, I, yeah. it could be. It could that, be that's my goal. No, yeah, yeah definitely. And it should be. Goal, you know? Yeah. Like, Absolutely. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking about the whole year, not just this fight, like. You know, I want to keep going for, for the whole championship. Be, you know, to be the best of the my my division. Cool. So, yeah. um, uh, my last question is, uh, obviously with uh, with world, looking forward to going to Japan. The, the, your voice, I can't, I can't see your voice. But, uh, uh, Do if if uh if you get the opportunity to go fight in Japan, obviously with with the first place. Body, would you be excited to go to Japan later in the year? Yeah, of course, but I can't. I cannot. I can't do any fights outside of the USA. Oh, okay. Just, yeah, I just can't do the fights in the USA. I wish I can, but I, I can't. It just okay. That's fair yeah. enough. Do you have any any sponsors or anything that you want to shout out before we we close the interview? No, I'm sorry. No, not yet. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. On that, so, right? Hopefully, I get stuff. Are you on uh, Twitter, Instagram, any place like that? Yeah, yeah. I'm on uh, Instagram, Abdullah258. Okay. Abdullah. Yeah, I don't have Twitter. Yeah, let me, let me check that. Is that my Instagram thing? Uh, yeah, Abdullah258. 258. Okay. Uh, Abdullah Ibrahim fighting on Karate Combat January 24th. It's on uh, karate.com, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 o'clock uh, West Coast time. Thank you so much for your time. Thank uh, you so uh, let's get back to training. Good luck to you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Hey, y'all. East Coast Ed here. If you'd like to support this podcast, you can be a monthly supporter for as little as 99 cents a month. This podcast will always be free, but if you help Matt and I out for future episodes, supporters will be shouted out on the show, and large supporters will be randomly selected to do predictions for a big pay-per-view event in the future. So please click the support tab and enjoy the show.